All right, here we go. It's a Wednesday. Valentine's Day. It is. It's a big day. Danny's got uh, my uh, players I love the most highlights, kickers. There you go. I know how excited you are to talk <laughs> about kickers. You break the bank bank on this day, or you just go just go uh, casual? Uh, we already did ours. Oh, okay. Yeah, right, we yeah. did it last night because I got to work tonight, and it's always crazy on Valentine's, so we do it on a different day. All right. You got the little girl. Does she go to school with the old with the little Valentines for everybody? And all that no. stuff? Does that still happen? No. That doesn't, that, that happen doesn't still happen. That that stopped in like fourth grade. Oh really? Oh, now she's too old for it. Because they, well, I don't know if it was the same way when your kids were growing up, but now they they have a rule that you have to give one to everybody or yes. nobody. Yes. Yes. That was the, that was the rule as well. Yeah. Everybody or nobody. You got a sucker from everybody, or little sweet tarts from everybody that had the the little stupid phrases on them. Yeah, middle school they don't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, you wanna? Yeah, you. Maybe you, I stopped you, doing that in middle school too. Giving the, giving out the Valentines. Yeah, we did it in elementary school. Did we? Do, I think we might have stopped in middle school too. Did you have the you must give it to everybody, or were you one of those kids who like I don't like Jimmy? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I don't know if I came to school with. I don't know stuff for everybody. Or I don't <laughs> I, my guess is you didn't. I mean, it wouldn't have been my choice when I was in fourth grade. I would have just been handed a bunch of candy or not handed a bunch of candy. So I don't really remember what I went to school with or not. Do you break the bank? Brandy does not care about Valentine's Day at all. Oh well, you're not breaking the bank. Yeah. Then. So no, not for a second does she care. Like she cares more about Halloween than she does Valentine's Day. Really? Yeah. There you go. So no, we're not. We're not even going to do anything. You don't say happy Valentine's well, Day? Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. You guys That's don't at least go it. to dinner or anything? Probably not. No, we went to dinner. Yeah, so. yeah we went to dinner. Yeah. You already did too? Sure, we did it. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, you we, guys don't we, even celebrate on the day. No, no, no. no. Jeez. No. There's, That's how you know it's not a real holiday when nobody celebrates <laughs> on the day. I think the only thing we celebrate on the day is Halloween. Thanksgiving and Christmas. Wait, Christmas. You're not celebrating that and, on the 22nd, well, and, are you? <laughs> well, no, but like we do, uh, we do a lot of our gift openings either on Christmas Eve or that's normal on the uh, sometimes the 26th. 26th. Just because right. the 25th is so hectic. It is. Yeah, that's the day. What are you doing? The day's hectic because you're opening gifts. Yes, what, yeah. what else that's do you do? The day. Working. You work well this year because yeah, there was the NFL. That's not every year. It was last year, too. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Still went home on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah, the 26th is, that's a little, I just go all on the eve. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Here we go. The first bite. Did Andy Reid disrespect the Raiders? So I didn't see this in Peter King. I didn't see this uh, quote that he gave him uh, about the text he sent Antonio Pierce. I thought this was interesting. I didn't understand half of it. <laughs> so Peter King talked to Andy Reid after the game. Uh, this is the same thing when Peter Reid talked to Andy Reid after the previous Super Bowl when we got the corn dog quote. Yes. So uh, good job of Peter King. But here Andy Reid said he texted Antonio Pierce in the week leading up to the Super Bowl. And Reid said... I texted him. I just said, hey, beautiful facility, first of all, and I appreciate you kicking our tail because you taught us a lesson. You get complacent in this business. The margin between winning and losing is tiny. You better step up. There's a time 
and a place for these players that have been here before. You know what it takes. If you're the veteran that's dropping the ball or you're the veteran getting the penalties, you better figure it out. Figure it out quick. The season's going to go down. <laughs> I mean, I like the – I get the part about beautiful facility. I get the part about you kicked our tail because they said that all week about how that was the game that turned everything around when the Raiders beat them on Christmas Day. But then he gets a little preachy. <laughs> And I don't know if he's talking about his team or he's talking about Antonio Pierce's team. He's talking about his team. Here's why Andy Reid, I'd say unintentionally, disrespected the Raiders. He does not view the Raiders as competition. No. He viewed them. Nor should he? He viewed them as a tool to help his team, and he told turned things Ant around. And he told Antonio Pierce that by texting him, "Thanks for the wake up call." Basically saying, we needed to lose to some bums like you so that our guys would realize, oh, this season might go down the drain if we don't figure it out. And then he, to he told Antonio Pierce that, which is basically saying, you're not competition. We were never worried about you. We don't think, you know, you know, you beat us, but we don't think you're better than us. We don't think you're on the same level as us. We just needed you to wake us up. We needed you to get these players to realize, oh, we can't just coast into the postseason and into a Super Bowl, we've actually got to change things. And he told Antonio Pierce that. Not exactly that, but that's what that message yeah. is saying. Say, hey, thanks for beating us because I, my guys needed a wake-up call. It's unintentional, but, God, it's disrespectful because he doesn't – Andy Reid doesn't even consider – the Raiders is competition. Well, at this point, why should he? Like, not it's not even a thought in his mind. No, I don't know why he should. I don't know why he should consider anyone in that division competition. Right? Hey, I he, mean, he lost I, to the Broncos and the Raiders this year. Yeah, but Russell Wilson won the got Super Bowl him. again. Yeah, who cares? The Raiders won the don't Super Bowl care. again. Haven't you seen the tweets? The Raiders were the last team to beat the Chiefs. They're gonna oh, no. roll into the offseason yeah. with momentum based on that. Everybody cares about that, but. It's unintentional, but God, I read that and I was like, man, if I'm Antonio Pierce and I get that message, I'm pissed. Yeah, I mean, I guess he could take it as the way you're saying, or he could just read it and say, okay, thanks, Andy. <laughs> like, what is this weirdo what talking is this, to what me is, What is this guy talking about? Why is he texting me? He's in the Super Bowl. He's playing the Super Bowl in three days. Why is he telling yeah. me I got a nice facility? <laughs> but it's just, I... The, the Chiefs, I know there's some rivalry there. I know the Chiefs like to beat up on the Raiders. I know Max Crosby and Patrick Mahomes, we've seen the mutual respect slash hatred or whatever right, we want to call that call between the two of them. They don't even view this team as, as competition, though. Like, they do not look at the Raiders and think, oh, yeah, that's a team that can get it. That's a team that can, can end our Well, run. despite the loss to them, I don't know why they would. Yeah. I don't know why they would at this point. Yeah, and then you I mean, rub it in their face by telling them. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if Mahomes texted Crosby, thanks for beating us, you helped us win the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Crosby would be even – Crosby's got that cast on his hand because he had wrist surgery. He'd punch a wall and break it again. <laughs> he'd, have to, he'd have to get it again. So I uh, enjoyed that text message that Andy Reid told us about uh, with Antonio Pierce. The other Andy Reid storyline – is about his potential retirement after the game. He got asked, um, basically, would he be back in 2024? And he said, yeah, sure. I'm mad at Belichick and Pete. Now I get asked all those questions. Because of his age. Yeah. Um, first off, quick side note. I do find it funny that he said he's mad at Belichick and Pete Carroll as if those two guys wanted to quit coaching. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I know exactly neither one like technically they, got fired. No, well. But Belichick got fired, yeah, and, and Carroll got yeah, moved, moved into it. some advisory he role. He got fired as a coach. Right. If either one of if it was up to either one of them, they would still be coaching yes. the Patriots and the Seahawks. Yes. So it's not really their fault, Andy. But Andy Reid said he'd be back for 2024. How long do you think Andy Reid coaches? He's 65, by the way. How long does Mahomes play? <laughs> He's 28. Yeah. So 12 more years? No, he won't go 12 years. You sure? I say 2030. 2030 is when he's done. Because that's probably about when Mahomes will start start to fall off. In 2030? What is fall off? Is he? Figure about 34, 35. He's probably not going to be able to scramble like he does. I don't know. Throw might go a little bit downhill. I think he'll be fine until he's 40 unless he gets some serious injuries. But also in today's day and age, with how much money they're making, I don't think he's going to want to play till forty if he's signing five hundred million dollar contracts. Yeah, imagine how much money this guy's well, still going to make. Th- this is we talked about this before. Same thing with LeBron right now. How much does Mahomes care about legacy and and like catching Brady? Because if he's thirty eight and has six five Super Bowls, six. he's coming back. I mean, he's not stepping away then. Now, if he's thirty eight and already has nine. Then okay, if he's thirty eight and only has four, then yeah, yeah, then you might say, all right, I'm not going to get four not more here or whatever. But so it, it, I, th- I don't know how much he'll care about that, but that could be part of it. And then maybe the same thing on Andy Reid. Um, I think the earliest he could retire is after this 2024 season, and I think the he might do that if they lose if they don't win the Super Bowl. Like, if they lose, they say, all right, that's it. I want to step away. But if they win another Super Bowl, right, they're going for a three-peat. Nobody's ever three-peated for the Super Bowl. If they win a third straight Super Bowl, he's coming back to try to win a fourth. Yeah. Like, he absolutely yeah, just keep is. Yeah, just keep it going and see yeah. how many you can win. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll do this again. See right. if you can win four, five, six in a row. Um, but I think he'll be coaching for five, ten more years. Ten? I really think so. Are they going to stay how many years in the next decade will the Chiefs miss the playoffs? With Mahomes twice and both of them because Mahomes has an injury. Like, well, if he gets hurt, yeah. Like that's that's the real conversation. So if you're Andy Reid, maybe if he's just like god I hate getting up early like right, like Nick right. Saban talked about just at his age the grind of coaching right. Alabama got was getting too much for him and all that. So maybe Andy Reid is, you know, six years from now, he's 71 and he's like, got to get up early. Right. I don't like my commute any, like, you know, maybe. But he's got a chance to win a Super Bowl every single year for the next decade. Yeah, with the quarterback. So if I'm Andy Reid, I'm, I'm coaching all those years. Health willing. Yeah, I'm coaching every single one of those. Absolutely, because this guy didn't win a Super Bowl until he got Mahomes, and now there's a chance. I mean, hell, we talk about Mahomes trying to catch Brady. If Andy Reid coaches him for another decade, uh, we're going to be talking about Andy Reid as the best coach of all time. Yes. Like, he's going to be in that conversation. If they coach him for another decade and they win a few more Super Bowls, we're going to be like, okay, is this guy you know better than Belichick or whoever else we want to put in that conversation? So. I'm I'm coaching forever, and, and as long as Mahomes is the quarterback and Mahomes is good, I'm coaching. Mahomes starts to fall off, like if Danny's right and Mahomes starts to fall off in 2030, I'll be like, all right, this guy's a bum. I'm gonna retire. 
I'm not doing this without a superstar quarterback, but that would be – I'm curious to see how long he coaches, and then we've talked about this a little bit, what happens to the Chiefs when Reed is gone. That's the key. Yeah. That's key. Who takes over for him and if Mahomes is still in his prime. Yeah. And like, that's what you want to see. Like, can he replicate this stuff without Andy right. Reed? And I think, he, I think he'll be able to. Like, Andy Reed's obviously a good coach, but I think – the Chiefs losing Andy Reid, they'll still be Super Bowl contenders as long as Mahomes is good. Yeah. Because not to just completely say Andy Reid was a bum of a coach, but Andy Reid didn't win a Super Bowl until he got Mahomes. Until he got Patrick right? Like Obviously, they were very successful in Philadelphia. They had good years in Kansas City. But it's not like Andy Reid is some, okay, he took all these teams to win Super Bowls and then he's elevating Mahomes. It's probably right. more it's the other probably way Probably the other way around. So I think they'll be fine as long as they don't hire like Josh McDaniels. <laughs> Then they'll be they'll be good to go. All right, coming up next, Jody SP in Las Vegas. We're gonna get into the running rebels as they take on Fresno State tonight. Is good. He banked it in. He tried to miss it. Amzil will inbound. Amzil throws it to House. House throws it length of the court. It's off the mark. And the Rebels have come into the pit in front of a sold-out, wide-out crowd. UNLV has swept New Mexico, and they move within a half game of first place in the Mountain West Conference. 80-77, to the running Rebels win it. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Granny and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. UNLV is at Fresno State tonight. 8 o'clock starts. Uh, Ken Palm ranks UNLV's 92, Fresno State 188. They're not very good. Uh, if you remember, UNLV already beat Fresno State once this year. It's one of the worst offensive games I've ever seen a team play. It's the one where Fresno State had six turnovers on their first seven possessions. The one possession without a turnover was a missed wide-open transition layup. They ended up with 21 turnovers in the entire game. Uh, they were dreadful. Um, UNLV is going to win tonight on the road, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I don't. That will be five straight. Uh, yes. Three I five straight wins. Fresno State. They do shoot the three like pretty well. Their three-point percentage as a team is pretty good. But they turn the ball over at a very high rate. They're not a good rebounding team. And uh, they don't get a lot of layups. Those I, are three pretty important factors. Right. Like, they sh they, they're shooting – their field goal percentage and three-point percentage are pretty good. But they, they kind of, like, don't do anything else well. So, if they get shots up, they'll, they'll score. But they often don't get shots up. So – I kind of don't. Ex I, I don't expect them to beat UNLV. There's always the chance that they just drill 15 Ten threes, threes exactly. And, but I, I feel like they're more likely to have 21 turnovers again than they are to drill 15 threes. Um, I do need to complain about one thing. Kevin Kruger doesn't ever go two for one at the end of the first half. <laughs> this is you're really picking on him. No, this is this is this is if you don't go two for one in basketball, you're you're dumb. This is a solved problem in the sport of basketball. When if you have the ball with roughly ten to fifteen seconds more than Differential is on, on the, the clock. shot clock, you should be going two for one. It's a solved problem. And against New Mexico, UNLV got a rebound with forty three seconds left in the half. DJ Thomas dribbled across half court and then stood there until there was twenty two seconds left. And then DJ Thomas did score on the play. But it was with 17 seconds left. So no two for one. New Mexico got to have the last possession. And New Mexico scored on an and one layup. 
Mm-hmm. New Mexico made Remember the free that? throw. Yep. So UNLV had a chance to go two for one. Instead, they went one for one, and they ended up losing that one for one battle because they scored two and New Mexico scored three. It's it's a solved problem in basketball. Two bad shots are better than one. I'm not good disagreeing shot. with you. I love two for one. Right. I love two for one. And for some reason, Kevin Kruger doesn't do it. Often they did it the I think it was the very the previous game. Often he will actually call a timeout to then draw up a final shot that's not really a final shot because they're giving the other team the ball back because they're not going two for one. I don't understand why they don't do this, but they don't. And Kruger's not the only one. Lots of college teams don't even think about going two for one. Lots of college teams will have the ball 45 seconds left, and instead of trying to get up a shot in the next four or five seconds, they just run some offense, run the clock, and they end up shooting with 20 seconds left and just give the other team the ball back for the final shot. It's a it's a solved problem. You want even if it's two bad shots, you want two bad shots to your opponent's one good shot. Like the best example is in college basketball this year, the least efficient offense is Mississippi Valley State. And they're scoring, I think it's like 0.8 something points per possession. The most efficient offense is Alabama, who's at 1.3. If Mississippi Valley State gets two shots, they're expected to score 1.6 points. If Alabama gets one, they're expected to score 1.3. So even if you have the worst offense in college basketball against the best offense, two for one, you still get an advantage. And if you're about the same, which most times in the Mountain West, it's pretty similar, then it's obviously a huge advantage. You're doubling up your expected points versus your opponent, and Kruger doesn't do it, and I do not understand why. Well, we got to ask them. They do not. They, they, it's, like they, it's like they intentionally don't do it. Like... You will if they have the opportunity tonight. Kruger will either call a timeout or DJ Thomas will dribble across half court and just stand there until there's like 20 seconds left, and then they'll go try to get a bucket and then give the other team the last shot. It's it's insanity to me. Well, it might not matter against Fresno State. It probably they won't. Might, they might, might be, be up, up by 15. 12. Yeah. yeah, it might not. It it and here's the thing: it doesn't. It hasn't. It's hard to say a two for one opportunity will cost you a game because it happens at the end of the first half. But it's a it's it's a solved problem. And they don't do it, and I don't understand why. Uh, one other fun thing about UNLV, they have four quad one wins. Mm-hmm. New Mexico, both New Mexico games, Boise State, and Creighton. They're 4-4 four and four in quad one games. That's quite good. Only Boise State and Nevada have – actually, I, sh- I should check that. I think New Mexico might be there, too, after winning at Nevada last night. So they're 4-4 four and four in quad one games. They're 4-3 and three in quad four games because they've lost to Southern Loyola Marymount and a home game to Air Force. UNLV is the only team in the country that has three or more quad one wins and three or more quad four losses. Only one other team in the country has two or more quad ones, uh, quad one wins and two or more quad four losses. That's apt. This team is they're they're uh, very special this year. Yeah, but I think they found themselves. I think they found themselves. Have they? Yes, yes. I do think they found themselves. And the the schedule the rest of the way merits, I think, a lot of wins. I think the schedule the rest of the way they're gonna get a they're gonna get a bunch of wins, and I think they're finishing top three. All right, calm I think down top, over there. No, I think they're finishing top three. They're they're more likely to lose tonight than they are to finish top three. I think they're finishing top three. I give them like a ten percent chance to finish yeah, top three. We'll see. 
Unless we'll top see. three, unless the third seed is like nine and nine, which I guess is there's well, a chance everybody's there's nine, a chan- and nine. There's a chance the winner of this league has twelve wins. <laughs> it might it be goes twelve and six. That. It might be less than that. It might be eleven and seven. So okay, they might get the three seed on a. Uh, Everybody is ten and eight from two to seven in the conference. That can happen. <laughs> Everyone's beating each other up. That is what I'm cheering for. I am hoping yes. for everybody to be uh, have some massive tiebreakers. They are right now. Um, Ken Palm has them projected to finish ten and eight, and I might win the league. Ken Palm has them uh, eight games left. Ken Palm has them favored in four. Well, are they favored in any of the Reno games? No. Even at home? No. Uh, one point. That's got to be like a one point. One point win for Nevada yeah. when it's here in Vegas. Uh, their underdogs are project. They project to be underdogs against Nevada, Colorado State, San Diego State, and Nevada again, and then favored to win uh, Fresno Air Force, State, Air Colorado, Force, uh, no, Wyoming, Air Force, Wyoming, and San Jose Fresno State. and San Jose State. Yeah. So uh, that's the that's the breakdown here. Is they're expected to go something like four and four the rest of the way, which would give them ten and eight. Probably not getting a top three seed at ten and eight. I don't know, man. Probably this league, not. This league is weird. They're all beating up on each other. They're all. I mean, it's 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 a strange league. I I love the league. I mean, you just never know. And San Diego State, we might be talking about that. They gave up eleven points in the second half last. Pretty night. good. Pretty good defense. I mean, think about that. Eleven points. Yeah. They, Nico, Nico couldn't have been mad or happy after that. Nico Medved, get out of here, couldn't Nico. Have been, couldn't have been happy after that game. All that right. was a quick handshake at the end. <laughs> All right, coming up next, uh, I don't know what the hell Danny did to our rundown, but we're not talking to a guest next. Instead, I guess we're going to talk about baseball and talk to a guest later. Down my mind. Um, we knew when they uh, when they had to kick a field goal that um, it was on us. We got the best quarterback in the league. We got the best offensive mind in the league. And we got uh, the most determination out of any team in the NFL. And you saw all of that today. You're listening to the Press Box on ESPN Las Vegas. And pitchers and catchers report today. Yeah, today. It's a big day. Big day for baseball. Um, But more important story. Have you seen the Fanatics jerseys for MLB teams? I'm looking at the Cardinals right now. So... Fanatics is taking over as the uh, producer of MLB jerseys and not just for fans, not just you go online and buy one from Fanatics. They're making the actual jerseys that are going to be worn on the field. And some of the pictures, there was one from the Mariners yesterday, uh, as well as the Cardinals. uh, You can tell that it's not, it's not stitched Right. It's just like screen heat screen pressed heat into the jersey. Uh, it, it looks like a cheap giveaway jersey that like a AAA team would do. And Jeff Jones, who covers the Cardinals, tweeted this out. Players are pretty unhappy. Miles Mikolas says they don't fit right. Pants are no longer as customized, and the fabric is a very different consistency. Quote, they look cheap, another player said. They do. Yeah. Uh, this is not a Cardinals decision. This is the result of Fanatics being in charge of production for this year for the first time. Nike is licensing their logo. So there's a Nike logo on these jerseys, despite being made by Fanatics, not by Nike. And every team is going to have this. How did this happen? And this is going to happen in the NHL as well, because Fanatics is taking over the production of NHL jerseys as well. Fanatics has long had a bad reputation for poorly producing sports merchandise. 
uh there was some fun stories around christmas of people posting jerseys they got shirts they got where it was just they didn't have numbers on them or they had like aj there was an aj brown jersey that had two number 11s on the front of it um how did this company get control of making the actual jerseys the players wear on the field i'll blame ron bradford (laughs) why not but it's also the nhl too blame him for everything well i love to blame gary bettman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to blame the commissioners but they have taken was there over any research done on what fanatics is and how they produce their their uniforms and their apparel i don't know i guess not or the research was they're paying us how much money all right let's do it uh i the part of it that's i guess surprising is Major League Baseball has to have some say in this. Like fanatics, like I would you'd think ha- that they got examples of it, right? You'd have to say, hey, you know, we have to approve or sign off. Yes, on, what on these whatever it is. Are. Yeah, exactly. I would have thought they would have gotten, you know, previews of yeah. what they were going to look like. And did Major League Baseball just not care at all and just say, yeah, they can look like? Crap. He pressed those babies. Yeah, they can look terrible. Is there any chance these are just crappy spring training jerseys? Or are well, they these, might be now after the complaints. <laughs> or are these like the actual regular season jerseys? I mean, the 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 tweet from Jeff Jones, that is not the Cardinal spring training jersey. That is their home white jersey. Oh, okay. Now, maybe, maybe it's, it's feb- middle of February and they're going to have actual real jerseys. I don't know. By the time the season gets the first gets trial. Here, maybe. And maybe there's such blowback on these that they say, oh, crap, we better make some better jerseys. But I doubt it. It's fanatics. They haven't changed the way they do things, and people have complained about them for a long time. Man, how do Major League Baseball players not have stitched numbers and stitched logos? That's bad. It's pretty, it, yeah. You get to the majors and you go, wait a minute, I had better <laughs> uniforms than single right? A. Right. I mean, there's going to be guys that get there and be like, oh, my college team had a nicer My pants don't fit. Yeah. that's the And see, that's the part that's interesting. Uh, you know, maybe players can just get over it, but like the pants are no longer as customizable. Like, I don't know exactly what you need to do to customize the pants, but you're going to have players that are playing and, you know, like, wait a minute, what is this? I've been right. wearing the same type of pants for my entire career. Right. And now I have and to now wear these. Fanatics only has four different sizes. <laughs> exactly. And I got to find a way to fit into one of these. They need to reach out to whoever made Great Britain's uniforms oh, and find the out. Oh, tee falling off. What a great jersey that was. That's basically what these look like. Yeah. They look just like the Great Britain ones, where it's just a, scre- a heat pressed on tee. That's gonna fall off if you slide into second base too hard. Someone just made them in their home, their home office. Yeah, it's great. So, Fanatics is uh, t- they've taken over the sports merchandising uh, for fans, World. right? Like if you want to buy jerseys and stuff, you oftentimes have to go through Fanatics. There are some other smaller retails that make some fun stuff that you can buy it from, but for the most part, you got to go through Fanatics. Who did baseball this. before this? Um, well, it was uh, Nike most recently, and technically they still have the Nike logo on them, but Fanatics is producing them. But Nike, I can't remember the exact timeline, but Nike I think must have taken over four or five years ago, something along those lines. And then before that, it was Majestic. And Majestic is sort of what I think all of us sort of imagine with the stitched on Oh, yeah. All my nationals are Majestic. Yeah, so they went Majestic. I don't even know if Majestic exists anymore. But they went majestic to Nike, and now Fanatics, Fanatics is producing them with the Nike logo looks bad. just on there. Yeah, I mean, it looks 
it honestly it looks like a sort of cheaper jersey you might get from a giveaway. Yeah, giveaway on a Saturday. Yeah. First twenty thousand in, get this. Right. That's kind of what those jerseys remind me of. So that's what Major League Baseball is uh rolling out this year through Fanatics. I'd be more mad at the pants. Yeah, if they don't fit right. If they don't fit if, right, like, that's not good. I, I'm imagining that Fanatics doesn't even like have uh like waist size or pant or length. They just say, yeah. All right, small, medium, large, extra large. What yeah. are you? Here you go. Just deal with it. Oh, man. <laughs> so I think uh, when you go to MajesticAthletic.com and look at their apparel, it's all fanatic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> at the very top, it says Majestic, a fanatics experience. Oh, yeah. It's tough. So fanatics just took over yeah. the entire market. They basically did. So if you want sports apparel, you kind of have to go through fanatics. And now players themselves are going to deal with crappy jerseys. I can't wait for some sort of like jer- – do they do jersey swaps in baseball? I can't wait for some sort of jersey swap where a player's like, wait a minute, I don't want that. Yours looks like crap. It's ridiculous. looks like a crappy jersey. Don't give me that. So, fun times with Fanatics. Yeah, that's going to stink. <laughs> They're not good. They're not good at all. Coming up next, we'll jump back into the NFL with Adam Teicher. Now, back to the press box on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now is Adam Teicher. He covers the Chiefs for ESPN. Good morning, Adam. Thanks Hi, for Adam. joining us. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good, good. We are doing great. Uh, I got. I want to start with the defense because I always find myself not talking enough about the defense. Uh, how much credit does Steve Spagnola, or how much credit should he get, not just for what happened in the Super Bowl, but for this entire season, the season in which the Chiefs' offense was probably the worst it's been under Mahomes, how good was Steve Spagnuolo this year? Yeah, he was um, basically spot on every week. He was able to find something that worked against every, really everybody the Chiefs played. You know, and, and in the playoffs, he was probably at his best uh, against uh, Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, against Tua and the Dolphins, <laughs> certainly in the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll say he's had a lot of help. The Chiefs have a really strong defensive coaching staff. Uh, Dave Merritt, their uh, secondary coach, is second to none. I mean, he, he is really a solid coach. Um, Going to probably get some looks uh, soon for defensive coordinator jobs. He's he's really wanted to stay in one place while his kids were finishing high school, but uh, they're going to be out here another year or two, so he may be moving on. You may be hearing more about him um, at that time. And, and, you know, the other thing the Chiefs have done, they found they've done a good job in the draft as a whole in the later rounds, but particularly on defense. They've got so many solid players um, in the four, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round over the years, guys who played big roles for them in the Super Bowl. So uh, there's only two first-round draft picks on that defense, but they um, they, they sort of outpunched their weight a little bit, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but Spagnolo is uh, high among them, no doubt. Uh, roster-wise, are they set up to continue this defensively? Well, no, that's that's a, a good question. They've got some work to do there. There's a lot of uh, uncertainty going forward as to how they, um, you know, how what they're going to do. Chris Jones is up at the end of the year. Um, um, Legarius Sneed, one of their top corners, is uh, is is up now. Um, Mike Dana, one of their top defensive linemen. Um, so it, Willie Gay, one of the better linebackers. So they've got some. Uh, they stand to lose some people on defense. They can't keep them all, so uh, they've, they've got some choices to make, and it's going to be interesting to see what choices they do make here. Uh, Adam, I'm curious your thoughts on the last two seasons. The Chiefs have played seven playoff games, and six have been decided 
by one score. And, you know, we often talk about in the NFL teams that are winning by one possession week in and week out, not as good as their record implies. We saw it a couple years ago with the Vikings. We saw it this past season with like the Eagles probably being the best example. How much has these last two years been, okay, the Chiefs have been, you know, fortunate they've gotten away with winning a whole bunch of close games versus Patrick Mahomes is just better than every other quarterback, and he's the reason that they can win those one possession games, and that can continue for however long he's playing quarterback. Yeah, well, I, I think in Mahomes is a cheat code. Uh, there, there's no doubt um, that that um, you know, he he gives the Chiefs an edge whenever he plays. But um, you, you know, you're playing good teams. You're not going to blow them all out. I mean, that that's not what's going to happen generally in the playoffs. Um, so. Uh, um, you, you know, it, it, I, you're right. I mean, that, that game uh, on Sunday night sure, sure could have gone the other way. Um, you know, the 49ers, I felt like for a while the Chiefs were just sort of hanging on. And I was waiting for the 49ers to deliver the knockout punch. And it, as, as we know, it never came. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's an element of that. I, I don't think the 49ers handled that situation very well. And so maybe you could say the Chiefs are fortunate a little bit. The ball certainly bounced their way a little bit. Uh, um, on uh, on Sunday, so um, you know there was some of that, no doubt. But um, you know a lot of this is uh, also the product of how these games are played. Uh, you know the Chiefs sort of played rope a dope in the second half in the AFC Championship game against Baltimore. They were so confident that their defense was uh, going to hold down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They, the Chiefs uh, just were content to play ball control and kill some clock more than be aggressive offensively. So. Um, um, so there's a little bit of everything mixed in here, but uh, you're right. I mean, it, at some point, somebody's going to come along and uh, uh, you know, beat the Chiefs in a close game, no doubt. It seems like most of them, if not all of them, handled the Taylor Swift distraction well. Would you agree with that <laughs> in terms of just how big it got and how they had to kind of, I don't know how much they had to deal with it on a daily basis, but just the distraction around everything? Yeah, I, I don't think that's how they looked at it. I don't think that how they looked at at that as a as a distraction. You know, it, you know, she was really never around other than on game day, and uh, um, some of the guys really haven't had a chance to meet her. I know that yet. Uh, that also. So, um, um, I think they looked looked at it more of like a, a fun thing. Uh, you know, kind of a novelty. You know, the, these guys um, really enjoyed uh, the, the the spectacle there. So. Uh, I don't think it really was a um, a distraction in that regard. Uh, I am curious from the Kansas City perspective, who do they view as the biggest competition in the AFC? In the AFC? Well, the Chiefs and the Bengals have this kind of weird rivalry going, and it's been – that's where you see – a lot of times the Chiefs don't respond to this nastiness but from other teams, but – Cincinnati's the one team that's gotten under their skin, and um, there's there's been a number of things said going both ways, and um, so I, I think the way they look at it, it's the Bengals. Um, you know, obviously the Bengals had a down season, Burrow got hurt, and all that, but um, that's kind of the team the Chiefs look at in the rearview mirror and say, okay, what's going on back there? What do we got to do to beat these guys? Um, um, so I, I would say Cincinnati to answer the question. Is there anything in the AFC West that even bothers the Chiefs at this point? Well, I mean, everything's got their attention. Uh, you know, the way the Raiders finished up under Antonio Pierce and, 
you know, Jim Harbaugh coming into the division now, and and certainly Sean Payton's got the the um, um, you know the, the history there. So uh, yeah, I mean it, it's interesting to see how these teams are kind of gearing up to uh, to uh, take on the Chiefs, and you know the Chiefs were four and two in the division this year, but there were a lot of games that were difficult for them. I and mean, you you guys saw what the Raiders did when they came to Arrowhead late in the season, and basically controlled that game and and uh, you know the Broncos had a similar game against the Chiefs in Denver and the game was competitive when the uh, the teams played in in Kansas City so it's I don't know that the gap is quite what it used to be maybe in in the division so uh, I think things are going to get interesting at some point Uh, maybe they haven't been so much yet but I I do feel like things are going to be more interesting in the AFC West than they've been. We asked this question earlier. How long does Andy Reid coach? Yeah, good question. Um, I can. There's a long answer to that. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people about him, and um, you know, he really has nothing that he likes to do outside of football. You know, there, there's he doesn't golf, or he doesn't hunt, he doesn't fish. I mean, none of that stuff. And, you know, he told a great story right as training camp was starting last summer. He he said, uh, you know, I was asking him what he did on vacation. He said, well, I, I, I work for a few hours every day. You know, some people, when they go on vacation, they like to read a novel. I, I like to watch football plays. So that tells you a little bit about where Andy Reid is. And, you know, I, I know I remember talking to people when he first got to the Chiefs, and there were a lot of his people close to him say you know advising him at the time you know he had that really tough year with the eagles his son died during the season and and the eagles went four and 12 his worst record he had that really tough season and um i remember talking to a lot of people who were advising him to take a year off just recharge and get back into it the next year if he wanted and he told them he was more worried about himself outside of football than inside of football. Now that was 11 years ago, but tells you a little bit about his, uh, you know, what he's thinking. And the other thing is, what else could? This is what coaches coach their whole life for: is a situation like this. I mean, a, a supportive ownership, a stable ownership, um, a bright young general manager, um, a, a roster with a lot of good young players, and then there's. On top of it all, there's Patrick Mahomes. So it, it, it would take a lot, I would think, to walk away from this um, if you're a football coach. This is what you coach for. So um, I, I just don't see it anytime soon. I mean, it, we're at the point now where you got to kind of take it year by year and, 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 and uh, you know, keep your ear to the ground and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just don't see it. Um, certainly it would have surprised me this year. And, and, uh, I would say he's going to be stick around health willing for another couple of years at least. So until he's 80, sounds like it. He is Adam yeah. Teicher from ESPN covering the Chiefs. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Adam. Hey, anytime, guys. So there's Adam Teicher uh, on the Chiefs from ESPN.com. If I am anybody in ownership or management with the Chiefs, I am making sure Andy Reid does not find a hobby. Well, the only hobby he has is shooting commercials. Yeah, I'm making sure he doesn't have, like, if this guy tries to, like, pick up, I don't know. Golf. Yeah, uh uh-uh, Andy. I'm destroying his golf clubs. Right. Uh, If I find out he's got golf clubs in the back of his car, I'm breaking in and breaking the (laughs) golf club. You're not going golfing today, Andy. It's not happening. Watch some film. That's right. I am making sure he has no hobbies. Because Charles McDonald's told us kind of the same thing yesterday, that, like, Andy Reid doesn't do anything. It's football. Except except football. So, like, if he retires, what's he 
what's he going to do? Right. He's probably going to keep watching football right. when he retires. So I'm just making sure he doesn't get any more hobbies. Just stay. Ex- you're good. Go okay. Right. State Farm wants to shoot a commercial with you. That's fine. They're generally right. kind of about football still. They're football related. That's okay. Mahomes is in them. Yeah. Yes. Mahomes is in them. So you don't forget about football for a minute. That's that's what I'm doing. You don't get any hobbies. You stick around as long as you can, Andy. I agree with you. I mean, why why would you want this guy doing anything else? The would, way he coaches and the way they win. Would he coach till he's eighty? No. He's what's he sixty five? Sixty five. No. I think that 10-year mark that we talked about earlier, that's about as long as he'll go. 75 is it, and that's probably pushing it. 75. If he doesn't care about anything else, why would he retire? Even when Holmes retires, why would he retire? I think at 80 he's a little tired. <laughs> I'm sure he'll get up. Those guys get, get to the facility like at 5 a.m. Old get, people get up early. Those 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 guys are watching film and and breaking things down. And no, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think 80. I think 80's pushing it big time. He'll get a hobby once he retires. It's just during coaching do? he's not. I don't know. He'll figure something out. Maybe he'll get into barbecuing. He's in Kansas City. He loves food. Who knows? Actually, that is what he loves outside of football is food. He's got a mac and cheese recipe on his phone. Ed. Yeah. I don't know how much he cooks, though. Like, he's got the recipes. How much is he doing the actual cooking? I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. He might get into it. Maybe just have a move here. He can gamble. Yeah. Sitting in slot machines as you walk through the casino watching yeah. Andy Reid gamble. Yeah, That'd be kind of funny. Just stereotypical in those older Hawaiian, people in those Hawaiian shirts. Oh in, the, oh, in the Hawaiian shirts. Absolutely. Oh, that's yeah, absolutely. a must. Yeah. So his, what, his whole last season, he should just coach in Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. He's going to sandals. Gonna coach until he. That's too cold in Kansas City. He's going to coach until he's eighty, and then he's going to retire in Vegas and just just gamble some. That'll be his hobby, and then he's good to go. Andy Reid. He'll have sixteen Super Bowls by then because he'll have coached for another fifteen years. <laughs>